Well, good morning, everyone. Ready for the word this morning? Excellent. Wish I was. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Over the last uh, few months, <clears throat> I uh, found myself praying more and more. I, I found myself um, on my knees more and more. It's something that I believe has been initiated by the Holy Spirit. It's something that I feel uh, that God has asked me to step into more and more is to spend time with him. And that's, this, the, I guess, the impetus for this morning's message, being around prayer. And if there was a title for my message this morning, it would be, How Much More? That's it. Three words. How much more? The text that I want to uh, speak on this morning, there's two primary texts, but I'll, I'll, I'll just read out the first one in this initial stage, and then I'll come to the second portion uh, during my message. The first passage of Scripture that I want to look at is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. And it reads this, this way. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. It says, Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your ch uh, children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, whose children has ever asked for a fish? I'm just... I mean, this is a miracle in itself. It's, it's like a, you're hearing, you say, oh, I don't want that steak or that hamburger. I would like a piece of fish. Lord, come out of that child in the name of... You know, like, <clears throat> if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not, it says. Did I read that right? Yeah, okay. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this morning. I thank you that in this moment as I begin to speak your word, that Holy Spirit, you would plant this word in our hearts in such a way that it reminds us of how much more you want to give good gifts to your people. This is not, Lord, a, uh, a, a blab it, grab it message. It's not a claim it uh, sort of a message that I'm talking about, but it's something that you want us to understand and to appropriate into our lives 
And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you help us to hear with the ears of the Spirit, to see with the eyes of the Spirit, and to understand what you're saying to us today that brings about an eternal change in our perspective from these passages that I talk about today. And I commit this word to you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. See, this passage that I talk about here today is during the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave where Jesus sits down and he begins to tell the multitude that are around him. Jane and I have been to the place where the Sermon on the Mount was given and the amphitheater, the the lay of the land was uh, something that is just amazing. You can see the natural amphitheater style of the land where, you know, you start to speak and because of how it is, it actually perpetuates the sound going out. So Jesus was quite clearly heard in this place. He's talking to the multitude, but he's also in particular teaching his disciples. He teaches on the Beatitudes, about being salt and light, on anger and adultery and and divorce, how to love our enemies, about giving to the needy and so much more. And then we come to our passage here where Jesus speaks about prayer for the second time. So this passage that I've just read, read to you is his second talk in this, this Sermon on the Mount about prayer. The first time is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15, where Jesus unfolds the pattern of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer he's talked about. In this passage here that I'm talking about, it's about the persistence of prayer. The first time was about the pattern The second time is about the persistence. So he says in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. He'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Here's the thing. In English, we read this verse and we stress the words, receives, finds, and opens. However, the emphasis in the original Greek is quite different. To understand this in English, we have to have the, the correct Greek emphasis. So it should read like this. To receive something, ask. To find something, seek. To get the door open, knock. For everyone who receives has been asking. For those who find have been seeking. And for those who the door has been opened to have been knocking. It changes the emphasis of the passage. It's the same with another passage that we like to quote quite often. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The emphasis in this verse seems to imply that we can bind and loose things in heaven. However, I don't believe that that's the emphasis of this particular passage. The correct emphasis should be that what's already been bound and loosed in heaven, all we do is reinforce what's already been done there here on the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the Amplified Bible of that particular passage, Matthew 18, 18, says this, 
I assure you and most solemnly tell you, whatever you bind on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. In other words, we are reinforcing what God the Father has seen as the, the, the model of what He wants to hap happen in the world. So therefore, if there's no sin in heaven, then there's no sin on earth. If there's no sickness in heaven, what we do is release healing into the world behind here. If there's always provision in heaven, then we loose provision here on earth because it's already been established in heaven. Is anyone with me this morning? Okay, this is further uh, emphasised by the pattern of prayer that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 6, where he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. See, what's already established in heaven is supposed to be established here on earth. And God uses you and I to establish his kingdom here on earth. So here we read. Let's go back to our passage in, in Matthew chapter 7. When we read in English, they will receive, they will find, they, it will be open to them. It implies that they are promises. But in the original Greek, there's no such certainty because the, uh, the emphasis is in the verbs the, the action words that are contained in this passage. The, the emphasis is on ask, it's on seek, and it's on knock. Do you understand? So when we ask, we seek, and we knock, these are fundamental requisites, which means that they are something that we should listen to carefully and act upon. There's these, these words are important in this passage that we read here today. It's like faith and action, both are needed. We read in James chapter 2 and verse 22, it says, you see, Abraham's faith and Abraham's actions worked together, the New Living Translation says. His actions actually made his faith complete. That's what it says in this Bible. Abraham's faith in God was matched by his actions of offering his son Isaac on the altar because Abraham believed that God could raise Isaac, his son, to life should he have to take his life on that sacrificial altar. But we know the story that God provided a ram in the thicket and that that was used to replace his son Isaac. So Abraham didn't have to do what he felt God had called him to do. It took Abraham's faith and his actions, they worked together in that instance. Hebrews 11, chapter, six, chapter 11, verse 6 says this, and we probably quote this a lot. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Not the reward. Not the, not the reward. We're not seeking after the provision. We're seeking the provider. We're not seeking the, 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 the health. We're seeking the healer. We're not seeking anything else but Him. We sincerely seek Him. Number one, because we know that He's real. 
my God is real. We, we sang that this morning, you know, like hallelujah, hallelujah, and, and all the rest of it. And there's a lot of other words in there too. It was stuff. It was great stuff. I, I was on the front row. I was, yeah, I had my hands up. I was, that's good stuff. I don't know where half this stuff comes from, honestly. Uh, faith that pleases God sincerely seeks Him and not the reward. It's simply the goodness and grace of God that releases the reward for our faith. If we want to receive or find or have a door open, then we must ask, seek, and knock. Have you ever noticed that if, if, if you're wanting this to happen, he gives us the answer, ask, seek, and knock. It spells ask. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that before? A-S-K, ask. I love this wordplay. I'm, I'm really good with that stuff. Trust me. It's, it's ask. He just says ask, man. Come on. Ask, seek, knock. Do you know this is a progression? How many of us, when we first got born again, okay, we used to pray for a car park. Boom, there it was. Man, that was good. I'm not, this prayer stuff works. God must be real. I prayed for a car park and a car park opened right before me. That was amazing. How many of us, we needed a, a raise from our, uh, in, in our job. We prayed about it and God came through and there's a raise for us. We got a promotion. How many of us, we, we prayed for a headache and, and suddenly you know, God healed that. But then he wants to take us deeper to a greater level of trust. And suddenly we start to discover that not every prayer works. Or am I the only one that's filled that? Like, come on. He starts to say, how about we take this asking caper? Let's do a bit of seeking about it. Let's just see how serious you are in pursuing me. So we seek. We go on this journey of seeking his presence. We go on this journey of seeking his anointing. We go on this journey of seeking to hear his voice in our prayer time. We want to just see him working in and through our lives. There's a deeper level. And I've been thinking about this a lot. Then there's this whole caper called knocking. Knock and it'll be opened. I can't really find anywhere that this talks about us on the outside and God on the inside. I, I find it interesting that why is my God in a box? Why... why Am I knocking to get into God? Can I suggest he's already made us a way where we can boldly come into the throne of grace? I don't need to knock on this, this stuff, but there's this mentality where we think that we have to get into on what God's. Sometimes I think we've imprisoned ourselves and we're not on the inside and we need to knock to get out. So we can get out into all that God's got for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to look at some stuff from it and ask the, the, the passage some questions. Because you know where it talks about in Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 11, sorry, 10, 25, roughly around about 10, 25. It says, um, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves as some are in the habit of doing. And we often uh, label Christians who stay away from church in that way. But if you read that passage... In that complete chapter there, it's talking about how God has made a way into the very throne of grace. 
And is it possible, I ask us today, that what that passage is actually talking about is don't forget the gathering together in his presence. In his presence, as some are in the habit of doing. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. I think God wants us to start to, to really drill down on some, to go to another level, to go deeper into his word, to ask some questions of, of his word, to, to, to say, Holy Spirit, is there another way that I need to see this? Is there, I just don't want to go on the routine, mundane way of reading scripture that I've always gone on. I want to explore your word and go on a journey of relationship where you teach me your ways. Will you teach me your nature? Will you teach me your character? You teach me how I can uh, emulate, I can be like Christ in my workplace. Teach me how to respond when I'm backstabbed. Teach me how to, to, to respond when someone falsely accuses me. Teach me how to respond when I, I mess up and I, I do something stupid or I say something that's ill-advised. How do I address that, Lord? Because it's not everybody else's fault that some stuff goes wrong. Sometimes we just love the taste of shoe leather and we just, you know, like chew on our feet for a bit, put our foot in our mouth. It's just, you know, and some of us really like it as we like when we finish with one foot, we put the other one in there too. Makes a great image. You should be on the Australian gymnastics team for the Olympics coming up. It's in asking him. It's in seeking him. It's in knocking at his door. I believe that he exists and that he rewards those who ask, seek, and knock of him. Can I tell you that this points us to the intimacy of the prayer itself rather than the reward itself. It points us to the intimacy of the prayer itself rather than the reward for ourselves. As a father and a grandfather, I want my kids and my grandkids to want to be with me for who I am, not for what I can give them. What I can give to them and make available to them is, is naturally going to come, but it's going to come from a place of intimacy. Does that make sense? Why would God be any different? He wants intimacy with his children. He wants us to want him. God wants us to help us. But first we need to do something. If we want our prayers answered, we must pray them. We've got to ask, seek and knock. I read this quote recently. I found it quite confronting. And it says this. Many of our passionless prayers are not answered because it's almost as if we ask God to care about something that we care little or nothing about. We expect God, oh, look, can, can you help me? And, and, you know, just, it's just a 30-second. Sometimes a 30-second prayer is absolutely gold. Okay, I'm not saying, but you know what? When we've got a, an hour before us, we're just sitting there looking, you know, just watching, I don't know, Bluey on TV or uh, I'm not sure what you'd watch, but, you know, it's, it seems to be the flavor of the month, especially at Macy's. Um, it's just like 
Surely he deserves better than a 30-second prayer or conversation. I'm not saying that that's, there's anything wrong with those lengths of conversation because sometimes you, all you've got barely time to do is help. And, and that's okay too. Receiving is the reward of asking. Finding is the reward of seeking. And an open door is the reward of knocking. So ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Don't give up in the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. The second passage I want to look at this morning is the parallel passage of Scripture that we find in the Gospel of Luke that relates to the same passage that's here in Matthew that we've looked at in Matthew chapter 7. And it's found in Luke chapter 11 and verses 5 to 13. And again, it's Jesus and his teaching on prayer. You'll see some of the same sort of language that's used in this passage in Luke that we've read in Matthew. And it goes like this, in Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 8. Now, it won't come up on the screen because I didn't have enough time to put a PowerPoint together, so tough luck. So it says this in verse 5. Then teaching them more about prayer. It's a good indication this passage is about prayer. Okay, just, just saying. Jesus used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I've nothing for him to eat. And suppose this man calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you, Jesus says, though he, don't, he won't do it for friendship's sake, now I want to say right here, this is not an illustration of Jesus. This is about talking about prayer and persistence. It's a story that illustrates persistence. I can tell you right now that because of friendship's sake, Jesus would always open up the door. So I want to make it clear. This is talking about prayer. So though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. Persistence means tenacity. It means determination, doggedness. I love that word. That's a great word, isn't it? Doggedness. It's a man's man sort of ugh, doggedness. Insistent. And then we pick it up again in, in verse 9 through to 13. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking. Again, the emphasis is on the keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for bread, do you give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Now, if you've got youth-age children, they're asking for eggs, all right? Just, I, we, can I, just this is a, like a complete right-brainer, okay? As a police officer, where you thought that we were so professional, so 
diligent in our duties and we always were absolutely on the cutting edge of just upholding law and order. During the early hours of night shift in our patrol cars, we used to have egg and flower fights with each other in the patrol cars. We used to call for a rendezvous at a particular place. And if the stupid people that were in the other patrol car came alongside, they pulled up our, alongside of our patrol car, they had their windows down, we used to lob eggs in, at them. Or, or we used to, you know the old penny bangers, fireworks? Used to lob those in the back of their police car as well. It was great fun on night shift. We used to look forward to if they were coming out of their police. I, I remember standing on, I was walking the beat with my partner at like two or three o'clock in the morning and we're uh, just on the corner of the Beehive Corner. So it's King William Street, Rundle Mall, Hindley Street there. We're talking to this bloke. He's, I don't know what he's done wrong. I can't remember now. But we're standing there talking to him. That's drunk. He was drunk. That's right. He was drunk. I remember now. Thank you, Jane. But we're standing there talking to this guy at two or three o'clock in the morning and a patrol car slowly drives up to us, around us. They've wound down their windows and I've seen what's coming. I've backed off. My partner's backed off and this, they've hit this bloke with all these, these eggs and this flat. Now, I want to tell you, this is like years ago. So it's beyond the time like of, uh, of being able to do anything about it. So, so this guy's just been covered in eggs. And we, I, said, I said to this bloke, now let this be a lesson to you. If you, your kids are starting to ask for eggs, eggs, just duck or run, okay? <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. I, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you keep him safe right now. So if, you, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts, good gifts to your children, Listen to this, listen to this, because this drills a little bit deeper on the passage in Matthew, because now we, we start to get a glimpse about what the good gift is that God wants to give us. He said, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Oh, what a gift. Oh, my goodness. Remember what it said in, in, in Matthew. It says, how much more your, will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God gives us good gifts. And in Luke, the passage helps us to identify what a good gift in Matthew looks like. The good gift that our heavenly Father gives us it's the gift of himself. Whew. I get choked up even just thinking about this. It moves me emotionally to think that he gives himself. The good gift that he wants to give us is the gift of himself. Whoa. It's just phenomenal. It's mind-blowing. I'm thinking that the provision that I'm, I'm thinking about that God I need to get from God is going to be a wonderful gift. I'm thinking about the healing, the, the wholeness or the breakthrough that I need is a wonderful gift. And it might be. But the greater gift, the better gift, the best gift, is the gift of himself. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. 
I'm, I'm awestruck. I'm, I'm in awe. That's how generous and loving that you are. In both Matthew and Luke, it tells us this. How much more? I'll say that again. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts, the gift of himself, to those who ask, who seek, and who knock? You know what? I'll, I, there's a film I like. I like it a lot. It's funny as. It's Bruce Almighty. I don't know if you, you remember this, if you've seen the film, or if you haven't seen the film, it's a good laugh. Don't take it too seriously, though, all right? Because um, one scene, he actually lassoes the moon and brings it in. Okay, just... <laughs> so, in Bruce Almighty, Jim Carrey, who plays the character of Bruce, has been given the same power as God to do stuff. And there's one scene in the movie Bruce, Bruce Almighty, where he sits down at his computer and he's about to answer all the press. So he logs into this app, the God app, prayer app, or whatever it is. I can't remember what it's specifically called. And he starts to access all the prayers that people have prayed. And all these prayer requests lob in on his computer. And there's over there's millions. And his response to this is, Yes, 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 yes. And he answers every single prayer request with a yes. Can I tell you, the pandemonium and chaos that that created was phenomenal. It was absolutely amazing. Can I tell you right now that God's not like that? Sometimes he says no. Why? Because he knows what's good for us. He knows what's good for us. He always acts for our good. He always gives us what's good for us. Because he's a good, good father. God's gifts supersede anything we could ever imagine. What if it's about asking, seeking and knocking for the door to be open to the salvation of God, to his love and to his forgiveness. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10 says. However it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And I love this little next little bit. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. So is it any wonder that the good gifts that the Heavenly Father wants to give us is the gift of His Holy Spirit? Because then we can start to see and hear and know what God has conceived and is wanting to make available to the people that we're ministering to. We're starting to pray for someone about healing, but suddenly a word comes into us that they need to be, you need to pray along these lines. And it suddenly, it just opens up your understanding about what God has conceived for these people that you're ministering to in that instant. That's why we need the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what the good gift is all about. Is maybe it's the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's about His gifts and His fruit of His anointing as we release His presence through us and for us. Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? 
I want to suggest to you that the Father longs to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it starts by asking, seeking, and knocking. It's time to start to hunger for Him. I want to say to you that the gift of God is multidimensional. It touches the heart. It touches the spirit. It touches the soul. It's spiritual. It's physical. It's relational. It's life-giving. All at the same time. God's gifts aren't bound by time. It's not bound by distance or substance. It's so much more than we can ever think or imagine because it's a person. And he's not limited by the same things that we are limited to. Nothing is impossible for God. With God, all things are possible. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have access to everything that we need. Salvation, healing, forgiveness, restoration, and so much more. Scripture informs us that this is not a one-time deal either, but an ongoing relationship of being filled again and again and again and again. I love Jesus. He doesn't quantify what, how much more represents. He doesn't say, well, no, it's actually only 20 times that you can come into my presence and actually ask, you know, sorry, no, this is the 21st time. I've warned you. I've told you about this. Okay? It's not like that. It's not like that. How much more represents however much you want to make it? How much you, you want to make it? How much more we get of the Holy Spirit is up to how much more of us we are willing to give the Holy Spirit. God is a good Father and He knows exactly what we need before we ask Him. He knows we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He knows that we need power to be witnesses of Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. He knows that we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He knows that we need the character of Jesus through the fruit of the Holy Spirit being developed in our lives. And if Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do what he did, oh, how much more do we? How much more do we need that? The reward for us is more than receiving or finding or an open door. The greater reward of us asking and keep on asking, of seeking and to keep on seeking, to knock and to keep on knocking is this. The reward is this. It's more time spent with Jesus. It's more time spent with Jesus. It's more time spent with Jesus. I've always said this. Time spent in the Word is time spent with Jesus. He is the Word. John chapter 1, read it. Jesus said, and I paraphrase this, to receive something, ask. To find something, seek. To get the door open, knock. For everyone who receives has been asking. Those who find have been seeking. And those for whom the door is opened have been knocking. Prayer. P-R-A-Y-E-R. Here's what it stands for. Prayer releases all your eternal resources. Let me say that again, just for those of you who are tweeting it right now. 
Prayer releases all your eternal resources. Prayer isn't overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. Here's, here's another thing that might challenge you today. If we're a stranger to prayer, then we're a stranger to the greatest source of power known to mankind. Prayer is about developing intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me say again, Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I believe it's time to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking, because the Father's longing to baptize us in the Holy Spirit to bring about his will and purpose on earth through you. Let's stand. I'm done. Just as the team come back, that would be great. <clears throat> Christiane, you can have your microphone back. I've finished playing with it. I've even turned it on for you. It's the least I could do. But I can't guarantee I've wiped all the sweat off. <laughs> I, I, my, my greatest prayer today for this morning's service is to create within us all greater hunger for the presence of God. Greater hunger for encountering Him. Greater hunger just to spend time with Jesus. That's my greatest desire for this message. That you'd know Him. That we would know Him. I don't claim to have all the answers or, or anything. I'm just like you. I'm a man who's simply trying to walk this stuff out. But I know I need Him more. I know I need Him more. So Holy Spirit, in this moment, just lift up your hands, church. Holy Spirit, just get ready to receive from Him. Holy Spirit, come, make Yourself known to us in a greater way Lord, that we would receive the gift from the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit in greater measure, without hindrance, without limitation. Help us, Holy Spirit, to honour and guard these times that we come together and yield ourselves to You. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, can I just, just half a tick? I've learned something in the last two weeks whilst I've been on leave. The Father has impressed upon me something. Did you know that in the King James Bible, the New King James Bible, the New Living Translation, that the word surrender does not appear? For me, this was like, really? Now, it does talk about it in the NIV, 
in terms of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it says, if I give up my body to the flames to be burned, to surrender our bodies. But where it talks about in the King James Version, which I, I like, I think it's pretty close. There's no mention of the word surrender. I began to ask why that was. And because I think of the English, my English understanding of the word surrender, it implies that I'm being forced to do something. That I give up in some area. And can I tell you right now, I can't find it anywhere where Jesus tells us to give up. He does tell us to submit. He does tell us to humble ourselves. But in my English understanding of the word surrender, which does not appear in those three translations and others I would suspect, the word surrender doesn't appear. Because He's not forcing us to do anything, but simply saying, Lord, I humble myself and I ask for Your presence. I ask for the wonder of Your goodness, strength of Your voice. I ask You to embrace me and to take me on a journey of knowing You more and more and more. Holy Spirit, come and saturate us this morning. Fill us with Your goodness. Fill us with Your grace. Fill us with Your power. Fill us with Your anointing. And Lord, we come just to earnestly seek You this morning. And Father, we just come and repent of our ways. We ask You to forgive us for not making time for You more. Forgive us for those times where we've just completely ignored You. I ask for that. So Lord, right now, in this moment, Take us on a journey of going deeper with You, of walking with You, hand in hand, trusting You implicitly with childlike faith, where we don't have to have all the details, but stepping out in simple risk. Take us on that journey. Thank You, Jesus. I receive the gift of Your Spirit gift of your presence this morning. I receive the gift of your wonder and awe by faith. Lord, I pray a release upon your people of this sense of being drawn into your presence more and more. More and more. In Jesus' mighty name. I just want to pray and give an opportunity for people to receive Christ. I don't know everybody here, but all I know is I need Jesus. Many people here need Jesus. Maybe you've never met Him, you've never yielded your life to Him, never said, Lord, I need You to be the Lord of my life. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose again and now sits at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. If there's anybody here, you just want to say yes to Jesus, You've never done it before, but today you feel like you want to do it. I'd love for you to put your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Is anyone here this morning? Maybe online you're watching this. Is there anyone here who wants to receive Jesus for the first time? Just put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 